Have you dreamed of bigger things for your life? Then you are in the right place. Each week, you will be given tips on how to change your inner dialogue, conquer your goals, and ways to step into a higher version of yourself. I'm your host, Lauren Kubat. I'm a motivational speaker who hosts personal development events. I'm a sought-after fitness instructor, a wife, and a mom of two young boys. I'm obsessed with all things personal development, and I believe anyone can achieve the life they want. Let the Become Your Vision podcast be the inspiration you need to step into greater things. Now let's go. Hi guys, welcome back to the show. Ooh, today's episode is a treat. I have Rose Gabler. So Rose grew up in a family of artists where she felt pressure to be artistically expressive, but didn't know how to connect to her innate creative strengths with her desired business goals. She began a lifelong journey trying to bridge this gap and face many challenges in discovering a solid link. After acquiring her master's degree in business of arts and culture, traveling the world for three years and interviewing hundreds of people in various industries about creativity, she discovered that there were five universal contributing factors that empower our ability to be creative and to utilize it as a skill. She was recently named one of the top 20 female entrepreneurs to look for in 2021. And her newest book, The Creativity Gene, achieved bestseller status in the first day. How exciting. Now she lives in Chicago, Illinois. We were talking about this prior to hitting record. My girl, Northwest Suburbs. Uh, She lives with her husband and two golden doodles working with entrepreneurs, artists, and individuals to hone their creative strengths and align them with personal and professional goals to achieve success. Welcome, Rose. Thank you, Lauren. Good to be here. Yes, we've been chatting on Instagram and it's finally nice to, you know, see your face. (laughs) Yeah, you too. (laughs) Congrats on your book. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's been a wild but fun journey. (laughs) I I am sure and we're going to get into all of that. Um, I'm really excited about this concept we are talking about today because many of, of us have things that we view as maybe a hobby, such as maybe it's painting or sewing or reading, shopping. I always consider that my hobby. Um, yeah. or it is like this creative outlet, but we don't mm-hmm. always um, see them as necessarily like as a skill or how they can lead to success. And you're here to tell us all about it and bridge that gap. So I think that's super exciting. Yeah, it is. It's been a really interesting topic to research and to study and to write about because um, like, as you just said, everybody kind of has their own attachment and like recognition when it comes to their creative skills and um, whether or not it is a skill to them, it could just Mm -hmm. be a hobby or it could just be like a pastime. Um, and society has given us plenty of different definitions for it itself that make it difficult for us to really accept the fact that we are creative. And I can promise you that if you are living and breathing today, you are creative. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy that you said that because I was going to say that I'm sure there are listeners right now that are thinking like, well, I'm not an artist. I don't color. I don't draw. I don't, I'm not a phenomenal cook. I'm, I don't consider myself a creative person. Um, 
And what do you mean by, well, you are creative. Can you share on that a little bit? Sure. So one of the things that I found, which was really interesting, was throughout my interviews on creativity, it was that I never received the same definition for creativity twice. And I interviewed hundreds of people on creativity. And the fact that everybody thinks of it differently automatically goes to show you that there isn't one universal way to perceive your, your creativity. So throughout all of my research, um, I was able to come up with kind of a more approachable way of looking at creativity, which I redefine as your unique ability to produce new results. Mm. And basically, it comes from all the five factors that we'll get into. Um, coming together and in a unique way that nobody else can have and allowing you to express yourself to produce something new. It doesn't have to be the best thing on the planet and it doesn't have to be the worst thing either. Mm -hmm. It just can be. And I think mm -hmm. that that is one of the most beautiful ways to think about creativity in our personal lives, um, that it doesn't have to be, you know, artistic production. It doesn't have to be like in society sense, creative, it can just be your ability to create something new. Mm, I love that. So interesting because we do, um, I could speak for myself here is like, you know, we look at the outcome of our, whatever we, you know, are creating, like, let's say this podcast, it is a create, you know, creative piece for me. And sometimes mm -hmm. we can, um, for me, like judge it, you know, if I'm doing mm -hmm. a solo episode or whatever it is that, um, but instead we can look at it and just have it be, that's what it was. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that that's probably one of the biggest hurdles that we as humans face with creativity because it's because creativity requires you to be vulnerable mm. and because it comes from within you can't steal creativity from someone else you can copy ideas but it's not your creativity your creativity comes from deep within you and that that hurdle of taking that vulnerability aspect within you and risking putting it into the world, even if it's just for yourself, that is sometimes one of the most difficult steps to achieve for creative mm. growth. Mm. So interesting. Can you go back to, um, you in your bio, it says like you grew up with, you know, very artistic family members and you felt like misplaced. Can you talk about that? Sure. Um, so actually, let me rewind a little bit on that story because it kind of it explains my perspective okay. um, a little bit. So my grandfather actually owned the largest chain of funeral homes in the Midwest. Mm. And yeah. And <laughs> Which one? Uh, Blake Lamb. Blake Lamb. <laughs> I'm sure I've passed it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. They were like all over the place in the 90s and the 2000s. They were. Um, but anyways, and then. Um, when he turned 40, he like woke up one day and wasn't feeling well, went to the doctor, they did their tests and they said, you have a rare type of leukemia. You have months to live. And he was like, if I beat this disease, I am going to sell my funeral homes and start focusing on life rather than death. And I'm going to paint for peace, hope and love. 
And he, my grandma was like, you've not only lost your health, you've lost your mind. (laughs) And so they, right. (laughs) And so they went to the Mayo Clinic and got a second opinion. And they said, you don't have cancer. You have mono. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Yeah. Right. And so he sold all of his funeral homes um, and started painting for peace, hope, and love. And my mom followed him into the art world because she was also working in the funeral business as well. And they never looked back. And so I came from a family where like my introduction to art and business was that business is literally associated with death (laughs) and creativity and art is associated with life. And so what side am I going to follow? Like, of course, I'm going to follow the like lively, colorful, artistic aspect of their um, journey. And, um, so yeah, I just kept following that and really honed into learning about creativity, learning about art and just trying to be present in all of that. Um, thinking that it had no place in the business world. You know, I thought of them as two completely separate entities. And so it wasn't until later in life when I was getting my master's degree and I was um, working professionally that I started to see how creativity was trickling into my other areas of life. And I hadn't really, and I had been doing it before, but I didn't notice it until I was like in a professional environment in a totally different environment to when I'm like being creative. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how that progression happened. And that's, that's why I began this journey of the creativity Mm -hmm. gene really is to find that um, bridge for the gap between business and creativity because they do go hand in hand in a lot of ways. Mm. So, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is so interesting. And I think we uh, oftentimes we are under, yeah, this misconception that they are two separate things like your left brain, right brain, and you're either artistic or you're more business driven. Mm-hmm. So can you, um, talk about these, can you talk about that first step into, um, kind of, uh, tapping into this creative gene? Sure. So the five universal traits to spark success that I re- that I, um, kind of observed through all of my interviews on creativity were, um, your life experience, your expertise, your environment, your flexibility, and your grit. So the first one, life experience, it's just kind of like what I was telling you about my personal story, like your life experience dictates how you perceive creativity and how you utilize it and like where you utilize it and in the mindset in which you utilize it. You know, a lot of people think that um, like engineers aren't creative. It's more scientific or mathematical and it's just not the case. You know, there's a lot of creativity that goes into some into engineering and stuff like that. Um, so that's like one example of our perceptions of creativity dictating how we create. Can you Um, expand on that a little bit? So like, sure. Let's say if you were, um, you grew up in a household where there wasn't, I don't know, I guess there was, you know, routine and this rigidness and you felt like there was no time to, I don't know, play or opportunity to create. I'm just creating some scenario. Yeah. And your parents were like, um, you know, instead of coloring right now, you need to be working on, 
on the farm. This story is going complete left field, but just <laughs> with me. So what if you didn't grow up in this um, environment where creating um, wasn't necessarily encouraged? Right. And, you know, that's actually, unfortunately, the case for a lot of us um, mm-hmm. as we're growing up. And the thing about creativity is that it's actually an innate part of who humans are. Like it is part of being a human being. Mm -hmm. It is a survival method. So no matter what you are dealing with, like even if you're um, in a situation where you're not being like your creativity is not being allowed to blossom or flourish, or you're not given the opportunity to experiment your curiosity is still playing into your creative growth. And that in itself, like gives hand in hand into creativity in the future. But what we have seen is that a lot of especially like children, um, it recently because the arts are the first thing that are removed from Mm -hmm. creative from uh, the arts are the first thing that are removed from schools and education is that they lack the ability to problem solve Mm. because they aren't told that they can experiment, that they can't, that they can be curious, that they can try, you know? And so a lot of um, people grow up then to be, you know, they have fear of failure, people pleasing, like just um, a lot of different negative reactions come when our creativity is stifled by our, our environment which is why your environment is one of the main focuses that I have in the creativity gene, because we, as we grow older, we have the ability to change our environment, to mindfully change and move and do like put us in a new situation mentally and physically. And Mm -hmm. that's one of the biggest ways that you can allow yourself to creatively flourish, which spills into every other aspect of your life positively as well Mm -hmm. um so yeah it's unfortunate that a lot of us grow up in situations and families and environments where we aren't allowed to necessarily explore our creativity but that doesn't mean that you can't be creative and that you're not creative because it's still an innate aspect of your being yeah I love that. Okay. So talk about the, this, the second trait. So we talked about, um, your upbringing. Um, Mm -hmm. was that the, was that the word you use? What was it? Life experience, Mm -hmm. life, life experience. Okay. So Mm -hmm. then the second trait. Yeah. That's your expertise. So that's your Mm -hmm. chosen field, like your chosen path that you are going for, because when you um, mix your life experience with your expertise, when those two come together, it's like a fusion for creative growth as well, because you're taking what you've already, what you've learned innately, naturally from your environment, and you're then tying it in with a, with a specific chosen field that Mm. you are now becoming an expert in. Mm. And that knowledge, when it comes together, that's when you can produce new results. Like that's what creativity is. So that's why it's another really important aspect of your creative growth as well to accept the fact that your chosen line, your chosen field of study um, is also a huge influence in your creative growth. So when you're talking about your chosen field, is it just like your career or would it be something? It can be. It can be. It can Mm -hmm. also, um, you know, 
I didn't study, I did not study writing. Right. <laughs> I did not yeah. study anything about like, I, I mean, you did for your core classes and whatnot, but I didn't study literature and I wrote a book, <laughs> you know? Right. So like, um, I studied art history and international business and I'm doing, um, sales and marketing and PR for a jewelry store. So a lot of what we study isn't always our expertise. Mm. Um, it can be a chosen field. Like it can also, it has provided me with a lot of additional knowledge that helps me produce new results creatively. Um, but it's, but I wouldn't consider art history to be my area of expertise at all, you know? Mm, (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah, so, Hey, before we get back into the show, I want to ask you a question and that is, are you looking for a convenient, affordable, and most importantly, fun workout that you can do wherever, whenever, then I need to tell you about bar where you are's on demand workouts. So my girlfriend and fellow boss, babe, Heather McWright has created an amazing online platform with more than a hundred different bar yoga and dance cardio workouts that are available at the touch of your fingertips whether you prefer working out at home you're planning on going on vacation and don't want to stop your fitness routine then bar where you are is just what you need so they have these workouts ranging from 15 minutes to an hour and they literally have everything that you need And lucky for you, Become Your Vision listeners are getting access to 10% off your first month. All you have to do is head to barwhereyouaresc.com slash online workouts, click subscribe now and enter promo code become your vision for 10% off your first month. I will leave that in the show notes and I promise you, you won't regret it. So what do you mean by expertise then? If it's not necessarily like, okay, I'm just thinking about, um, the listeners like, well, I'm just kind of going through, through life and they feel like, well, maybe I just don't have an expertise. Like how do you ignite that and figure out what their expertise is? Yeah. If they have a hobby that they do every day, like Mm. I would consider that to be an area of their expertise, you know, baking, cooking, organizing. Um, those are like the three that come to mind because that's what my husband and I do a lot. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and those are everyday tasks that you don't have to have a degree in to be an expert in. It's like, you're just, and being an expert doesn't mean that you know everything either. It means that to me, at least it means that you have a wealth of knowledge in that area, but you're willing to adapt with it. You're willing to grow with it. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what why we call like scientists experts, Mm -hmm. because even though they have all the knowledge in the world, they still experiment on a regular basis. They're still always challenging their knowledge and willing and pushing themselves to find Mm -hmm. more answers. And I think that's what makes you an expert in a field, not Mm -hmm. a certification, not a degree, you know, your ability to take your knowledge and keep continue to push it. I love that. I love that. And I feel like that's like a mindset shift is when we hear expert, we are like, I automatically think career or how we, um, make money, but that is not the case case Mm -hmm. at all. So that was, that was beautiful. Um, talk about this third trait. Yeah. Your environment, which you've touched on, um, a little bit 
that is a huge um, aspect of like a huge influence on your creative growth because, and again, in a lot of fields, it's not welcome in a lot of families, like when you're growing up and that continues into your careers. And sometimes that's for a good reason. Like if um, you're in a medical field and there are certain practices that you have to keep good practices so that, you know, nobody dies or anything like th those are, those are good areas to not be creative in. Um, and like, but that doesn't mean that you can't be creative in those fields. Also, let me point that out because one of the people that I interviewed for my book, she was a doctor and she studied years and years and years and was always told in her um, em employment, wherever she was working at any hospital that she like needs to stick by the book, that she mm -hmm. can't go outside the book. However, she was also at the time teaching um, CPR classes. And then recently when COVID hit and she wasn't allowed to teach her CPR classes in person anymore, she had to think of different ways that people could receive the education and the training virtually without having to rent one of those massive dummies. And those dummies are not cheap. They are very expensive. Right. And so she had to figure out a, a way to make um, this training more accessible. And what she found by testing a lot of different random items, um, was that soda bottles, like the two liter bottles, mm -hmm. if you finish them and then seal it filled with air and you push down on it, it actually goes down the exact same amount that those dummies go down for CPR training. So mm -hmm. it's the perfect substitute and it costs almost nothing for everybody like to find a two liter soda bottle. Mm -hmm. So, um, she was still able to really hone her creativity in ways that helped like empower and influence and, um, like just adapt her education that like she needed to do during that time. Um, mm -hmm. but she didn't, she did not get creative with the education itself. Like she kept the training exactly the same so that everybody would be safe doing it, but she was able to be creative in the way that it was done. Interesting. So, yeah. And I think that that, that's one of my like favorite examples, I think, because yeah. it's, it is a field that nobody wants like people to experiment with, you know, we want right. you to be the expert. <laughs> right. Like, and, oh, there's a life on the line. Like right. now's not the time to experiment. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So, okay. Talk about, um, the fourth trait. Yes. So this one is also kind of a result as you can, as you begin to explore your creativity, your flexibility mm. is the next one. And your flexibility is your ability to adapt to different situations. And when you are living creatively and when you are allowing your creativity to flourish and blossom, it is a natural response for you to be able to go with the flow more mm. because you are in alignment with your creativity. You know that you can problem solve, you know that you can change, you know, you can adapt. And those are life-saving mechanisms and survival methods that are a direct result of empowering your creativity. So when things change and they go wrong or they don't go as expected, it's not as big of a blow because you already know that you have the resources within you to mm. fix it. So it mm. helps you move through the motions a lot more. And for people, again, who are maybe in routines every single day, 
And if their routine gets like um, moved or switched or altered in a, in a minor or significant way, and it becomes really detrimental, that is, um, that is the challenge that creativity can help benefit. So if you're struggling, I would recommend finding a creative outlet that can help you just release that strain mm-hmm. because creativity can and will give you that um, expression of you know stress so that you can relieve it so you can let it go and so you can find a new path. Mm. As you're saying that, I was automatically thinking about last year and COVID and, Mm -hmm. you know, parts of this year and still we don't know. And it's, there's a lot of the unknown. And in your research, have you found like last year, I don't know if they've done a study on this or not. Um, I'm sure it, it, to some extent, maybe not in this particular use of this word, uh, creative gene or creative trait or flexibility. Um, but with last year, we saw that anxiety was high and depression was mm-hmm. high. Did, was there a decline in, um, people having or choosing this outlet of, um, being or, uh, flexing that creative strain, um, trait that they have? So I'm not sure if creativity went down mm. um, in any way. I haven't seen any articles or research depicting that. However, what I have read is um, on an article on LinkedIn recently, I read that one of the newest, most in-demand skills for jobs today is mental agility, mm. which is basically the same as flexibility in my book. Mm. Um except flexibility, I also apply to it physically, like in physical movement as well. Um, But mental agility is where you're emotionally stable, no matter what the circumstances that you can, that you can go with the flow. Mm -hmm. And creativity has been one of the top required skills for I don't know how long, like 10, 15, 20 years. Um, It's remained one of the top skills that's been um, requested for employees. And so the fact that now they're also incorporating this mental agility into the, into the workforce and Mm -hmm. into our job description shows that, that flexibility is needed and that Mm -hmm. having mental health and mental awareness and, um, tying it in with creativity can help bring Mm. you mental agility and can help make you, um, you know, more desirable in the workforce or give you that extra added, um, like, uh, advanced skill. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So interesting because you have to, I mean, as like, if you are, um, an employer, you want your employees to be able, I mean, everything is always changing. Maybe a system is, mm-hmm. maybe there's a lockdown, maybe there is new staff, maybe the turnover rate is high, whatever it is, you want somebody to be able to be like, okay, I see this. Um, how can we adapt to this and change into, um, in a way that is going to be effective for everybody. And we don't have like these grown up tantrums. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So the last year has definitely shown us a lot about what we need 
for ourselves. Like Mm -hmm. that's not only in the workforce, but I think mental agility can help us through everyday life as well through another pandemic or a lockdown, you know, Mm -hmm. when you're um, able to think creatively and be flexible, um, you're just able to handle those pivots, those like, um, you know, crazy, like out of nowhere situations Mm -hmm. um, that just totally change, can totally change your life. Mm -hmm. And without missing a beat, I think that's, that's probably the best part is that even though you're going into the unknown, you still have the knowledge of your creative strength. Yeah. And it's, um, and I feel like that would lower your stress as well when you're able to be mm-hmm. a little bit more flexible instead of trying to fight what, you know, a fight, a battle that you can't necessarily win. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Creativity has so many positive benefits to it. And a lot of them are mental, emotional, um, and for your own personal well-being, you know, mm-hmm. people who create art for other people, yes, it can be like nice to add to your environment and stuff like that. Um, and it can also like, prom- like promote positive energy and give mm-hmm. you all the good feels and everything. But really, it's going to help the artists the most, I think. Mm-hmm. Yes, totally. Okay, so then the f- fifth trait. Yes. So the fifth one is your grit. And this one is the, yeah, the action one. This is the pow pow of all creativity, (laughs) because if you don't act on it, it's not going to, it's not going to help you, you know, um, it, it's going to be with you regardless, because again, it is part of your innate nature as a human being. But if you aren't willing to actively create mindfully create, then in whatever sense that means to you, then you won't be able to receive the benefits of it. Yeah. And so, yeah, grit, I think is one of the most um, challenging aspects of being creative because again, creativity requires us to be vulnerable and we don't want to be vulnerable, you know, as humans as well, we protect ourselves from being vulnerable um, Mm -hmm. because it's a, it's also a, self-protection mechanism. So it's um, a very interesting dynamic when you are trying to empower your creativity, but the more you work at it, the easier it will become. And you'll realize how effortlessly creativity then shows up in all areas of your life. Yeah. How, I want to go back to how did you, was this um, a research paper you started or how did you discover this or what intrigued you about this topic? Yeah. So um, when I was getting my master's degree was when I really started to see the connections between creativity and, and business mm-hmm. because um, I was studying business of arts and culture. So I wasn't necessarily setting the creative like production side of it, the art production side of it, but I was studying how to make a business out of um, cultural events and like in museums and galleries and stuff like that. And that's when I really started to notice that there was a connection of, of creativity going and flowing back and forth between these two seemingly separate entities. And I started wondering where else was that like it couldn't just be in the art field like in the artistic field couldn't just be with music and acting and photography it had to be elsewhere 
So I just started interviewing anybody and everybody about what they did and how they saw their um, work as creativity or as a piece of art. Like what makes this, like um, what connects this to society's beliefs on creativity? I was interviewing teachers, doctors, um, fitness instructors, Mm -hmm. just anybody and everybody that I could talk to. And I was blogging about it. And I just kept noticing that this topic resonated with so many people because they were like, yeah, like I'm a teacher and Mm -hmm. I'm like always coming up with stuff for my kids and I'm always trying new things. And, but I didn't think that was creativity. I thought it was just my work. Mm. And same with like, even as I was interviewing for this book, there was, um, I interviewed an accountant who is also a professor and, um, I asked him if he was creative and he was like, no, I'm not creative. Like, why are you interviewing me for this creativity book? <laughs> and right. I was like, no, I, I think you're creative and we're going to find out how. And, um, so he was telling me more about like how he was teaching and his process of going through building different classes and tests. And we eventually deduced that he found inspiration through opera music, through classical music Mm. to design his class and his test structures. And I was like, you don't think that's creative? And he was like, I think that's problem solving. You know, (laughs) I was like, (laughs) yeah, but problem solving is creative too. And he was like, well, let's put it this way. If I'm creative in my job, I get fired. So I'd, I'm not going to use the word creative. <laughs> and oh. I was like, okay, fine. I, I'll, I'll go with that. But in your, in your professorship, like in your teaching, you are, you are actively creating. Mm-hmm. And so finally he like, accepted. he was like, okay, yeah, maybe I am creative in some aspects, but I didn't perceive it as creativity. And I think that's also like a problem that we face because of society, you know, mm-hmm. and a lot like society has told us that, you know, if it's in a museum, it's creative. If it's mm-hmm. in a, if it's on a CD or on your, on Spotify, it's creative. Mm-hmm. And um, like, if it's on a stage, it's creative, but that doesn't give you any ability to like make that at home. Mm. And I think that that's where we really find that disconnection between being creative and like having a hobby or problem solving mm. um, and being able to recognize it as creativity. Interesting. Do you feel like there are certain fields that have a trait that, that you mentioned that is a little bit higher than like other fields or some kind of like, um, string line to these different straight, um, traits that you've mentioned? Um, I don't think there's necessarily one field that like, gives you the ability to utilize all these traits because it's really up it's really up to you how you utilize them and how you interpret them as well and because all this is so personal there's no way that I can dictate you know whether or not you're you have the ability to be creative or to utilize it as a strength Mm. um and I think that that's that's where this like study and where this book was really gear- guided, um, geared for was to help um, anybody discover the fact that they are creative and that they have these universal traits within them. Um, and, you know, I, and the reason I call them universal traits is because they are applicable to anybody and everybody. Mm-hmm. And I interviewed people from 
like I think like 15 countries, 20 countries, like all around the world and was able to see that these five traits were part of all of their success. Mm. Um, and whether they were in a creative field or not, you know, um, I interviewed the cultural head, uh, the global cultural head of BMW and I interviewed professors and I interviewed engineers and scientists, accountants, and, um, like one artist, two musicians, three musicians, you know? So like, I really didn't even stick to what we would consider the artistic or creative field for this book. So, yeah, yeah. (laughs) it is very interesting. Um, what if there's somebody listening right now and they're kind of like struggling they're like, okay, great. I have to get more, more creative. And I'm sure I have these traits, but how do I go about tapping into that? Right. That's a great question. I love this question Mm. because yeah, it just triggers so many exciting new thoughts for people. Mm. And, um, so my advice, my number one um, exercise that I do with my clients is the first thing that comes to your mind when you think of the word creative, go and do it. Just go do it. Like Mm -hmm. if you think it's painting, like you don't have to be Picasso, just go and get some paints and paper and just color like, or Yeah. yeah, grab a coloring book and markers. It's easy because, and I know that again, this is kind of like a societal definition and like association of creativity, but it's a great place to begin when you don't know where to begin Mm. and it's accessible, very accessible for the most part. And when you are then actively doing what your mind already associates with being creative, you will then find yourself feeling more confident to create in different ways. You'll Mm. find yourself like, okay, I did that. Like, yeah, I'm creative. I'm doing something that's creative maybe I can do this, maybe I can do this. And you can then keep creating in new ways without even realizing that it's just triggered by doing one small creative action. Mm -hmm. You know, what you were saying about like society and how we view being creative, I think a lot of the time it comes back to like, well, I don't have time to sit down and paint. I don't have time to color. I don't have time to bake. It's this to-do list. And speaking as um, a mom, I know that there are so many women that are like, oh my gosh, I just wipe asses every single day and feed, <laughs> feed, feed mouth. And then, you know, at the end of the day, we just feel so worn out. And I want to speak on this a little bit because when I feel like, I don't have some kind of outlet is where I feel triggered. It's where, when I Mm -hmm. feel the most anxiety, it's where I feel like, um, you know, life is kind of getting away from me and how I want to show up and all these, you know, it's a snowball of negative thoughts about my parenting, about my work, about whatever it is. And, um, but when I take a second and go, okay, does this need to be done right now? Or is Mm -hmm. whatever I am um, magnifying, is this thing on my to-do list like so important that I just can't sit right now and turn on my favorite playlist or I can't take my kids for a walk? It's like, and then ultimately when you do decide like, okay, 
I just need a second to breathe. Okay. Let's change paths, whatever creative, or I like to even, um, look at it as like just whatever, um, outlet you can choose to, um, I guess, coddle, whatever feeling you are going through that creates a different outcome. It's like, okay, I got outside, you know, in the grand scheme of things, getting outside with my kids is way more important than doing the dishes right now, even though I feel like my house is in just this disarray. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. So, well, the, a couple of the examples that you mentioned mm-hmm. are ways to allow creativity to blossom, like going on a walk, being outside. Nature is one of the best creative elements that we have access to to help inspire us and ground us and just give us that like feeling of freedom kind of um Mm -hmm. and listening to music that is a way to meditate as well you know Mm -hmm. just letting your mind wander through the music and listening to your favorite playlist and just like having a moment to yourself like these are ways that fuel creative development and growth So even if you're not sitting down and writing, Mm -hmm. like my creative outlet is I sit and I write a lot (laughs) and, Mm -hmm. um, like to go from like sitting in, maybe like having a bath or something and listening to your favorite playlist to then slowly making your way to like writing a page a day or something like that is a huge step. And it doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't have to happen overnight. You can try you, but everybody's timing again. Like you said, it's different. Everybody Mm -hmm. has different life priorities and that's understandable, but creativity can help you navigate through all of them Mm -hmm. and, um, in small ways and big ways and, um, in any way that you'll allow it to really. Mm. So I think that that's the important thing as well. It doesn't have to be for anybody else or anything else. It can just be for you and it can be a minute. It can be 10 minutes. It can be whatever you need it to be. Mm. Something that you just said too, is like, um, I'm seeing this like correlation to things that bring us joy to this, um, this trait of being, being creative. And I think that, if you're listening right now and you're struggling with like, you know, finding joy or being productive, maybe you should make a list of things. Just start simply by like, what brings you joy right now? Like, Mm -hmm. is it, is it reading? Is it putting on your favorite playlist? Is it gardening? Is it going on walks? Is it, you know, um, looking for the perfect gift for a loved one, whatever it is. And then, start there. And the more you do of that, the more you'll tap into all these other traits. Totally. Yeah, completely. You nailed it. Happiness and curiosity and creativity, like fuel one another all together. Mm, So cool. Well, where can we find your book? Yeah, my book is on Amazon right now. Um, It's in Kindle and in paperback. Um, I'm like a paper person, so yeah, <laughs> needed to have that option. <laughs> what can you tell us the title again? The Creativity Gene: Five Universal Traits to Spark Success. Ooh, I love mm-hmm. that, and I'll leave that in um, in the show notes. And then, where can we find you? Are you on social media? And if so, where can we find you? 
Yeah. Um, I'm on Instagram. My handle is the creativity gene. Um, and then my website is rosegabler.com and that's where my blog is. So exciting. Well, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me again. It was such a great conversation. I loved your perspective on all this as well. Thank you. It was very, it was, it was interesting because it's not something that we talk about all of the time too. You know, we live Mm -hmm. in this time of hustle and productivity and get shit done, but you know, if Mm -hmm. we're not having some kind of outlet, a means of navigation through this crazy life, then, you know, all these things are going to be suppressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. All right, you guys, if you love this episode, make sure you screenshot it and tag Rose Gabler and myself on Instagram. Let us know what you loved about it. And always, I appreciate a review as well. And remember, you, you got this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you love this episode, make sure you are subscribed so you know when more episodes come available. My goal is to inspire others to become their vision, and one way to get the word out is with reviews. I would really appreciate it if you left an honest review on iTunes, and it would mean so much to me. Thanks again, and remember to go after the life you want. Bye, guys. Bye.